Blog Talk Radio. true tonight there. I just clicked my light off. I'll let you hear it live on air again. There it goes. Oh, no, no. Keep it on. Keep it on. Come on. Keep it on just a little bit. Just a little low. I have to have some little light here in the old wooden shack. I've got my hand sanitizer. Nice and clear. Nice white clear gray color. It is still, still, man, how many years have I been doing this show? You're probably tuning in for the first time, aren't you? Now, let's do that. Okay, show is this. Well, I've been doing it forever. Forever. And I've been looking out at the white clouds. I love looking out. I love looking out on a Friday night at 11.30 p.m. up into the midnight hour at the gray overcast clouds. They're white now that barren tree, because it's winter here in North America, and on the east coast of North America, year after year in this freezing cold air. How many times I've done this show? I'm telling you, I have got to get how many Friday nights I've spent out here freezing like, oh, 
off when I should be out there broadcasting from like a nice yellow sand desert in Nevada because this is just and I'm literally standing outside again for our pajama party that occurs here every Friday night. Well, every Friday night that there's a podcast, that is. So you have to put on your pajamas when you listen to the show. You have to get a drink and make it a nice drink. You loserless, dateless, to listen to the show, the loserless, the show for the loserless, the dateless, those that need some yellow popcorn, for the beautiful, beautiful sounds of my dulcet tone of your hostess, Miss X, who is the premier. And by premier, that means first. It means first, by the way. The first female host in her area because there's other female hostesses out there that try to take my spot. But they never can. They can never change the fact that I am the very first female who has been doing the show since 2008. So I went on TV in 2008, and I started the show Night Owls radio in 2008, doing monster movies, horror movies, you know, all the weekend monster movies you want to see. I am the one. I am the first female on this North Coast area to do so, to do that. So don't let any of these other women keep claiming to be the first. They're not the first. And that's a fact. And you need to spread that word around. And if you want to spread something, baby, you <laughs> just some little hand sanitizer that I am I holding in my hand right here, right now. The hand sanitizer. Oh, this isn't going to keep the, the scary, scariness away. As I tell I'm telling you, it's not going to keep the scariness away for the show tonight, gang, because this is a scary one. Keep those lights dim or turn them off altogether and sit in the blackness as I turn to the north, to the south, to the west, and to the east as I broadcast all across this planet called Earth where we figure out the mysteries of this planet. So absolute, shockingly traumatic, horrible looking things the creepy things, the things that seem creepy and shocking to us because we're in this dimension. We're used, we are so used to life on planet Earth now, and this brings, me, this brings me really quickly to another subject. Beautiful, beautiful family member came down to Earth recently. Yes, at long last in Miss X's family. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And it made me think about how a little baby, when we're born and we're a baby, we have to get adapted. You come out of the womb, you're wet, you you're, get that bright light in your face as you're being born, and you're like, what the, you know, and you have to adapt to this planet. We adapt to what we see here. We adapt to what we think is normal. We adapt to what we're told is regular and normal. So all these strange events that we expose on this show that are considered to be supernatural events, paranormal, outside the norm, if you will, 
That definition itself is created only because we're using our experiences on this planet as being normal, as being that by which we judge the other so-called not normal things. Yep, that's my theme song, and I'm singing it for you in case you missed Thunderstorm at the beginning of the show. No, we only think these tunes are strange. Because we are looking at it from the point of view that we have been taught on this planet pretty much since birth. In most cases, that's what we've been taught pretty much since birth. So if you missed last Sunday night St. Patrick's Day Green Show, you missed the Green Goblins of Hopkinsville. And what is that? And what am I talking about? You want to call into the show, you call right now. 657-383-1357. That's 657-383-1357. Because we do take live calls here, not dead ones. Just remember that. Okay. The Green Goblin. There was like some sound quality issues when I listened to the playback last week. So that's why I am continuing the tale of last week. This is Hopkinsville Tale, Part 2, and a ghostly story for you. That is what is coming up tonight. Right here, right now, on blogtalkradio.com. The Hopkinsville event took place on August 21st, 1955. The Langford, several adults and seven children, numbering at least 11 to 12 people, saw something that appeared to be a UFO landing by their farm, later describing creatures that appeared to be goblin-like, coming up to the windows and door frame standing in the door of their house. It was found that none of the people had appeared to be drinking that night. None of the witnesses to these events in the house seemed to have been drinking. There are videos up that you can watch online that show you the house area, which would look like the backyard, sort of overgrown green grass, you know, looks very much, uh, looks very much like a misex property around here where I grew up. Oh yes, it does. I also told you that when you hear stories of these creatures being seen, 
it's like dogs barking. Yeah, that I can tell you for a fact that, that is true because I saw that really weird, strange, dark flying plane that was like a toy plane, one of those toy planes, and the dog in the neighborhood was going crazy. I mean, you could hear the dog from inside of your house. So these things that are seen are real. And it was making like that little buzzing noise. And the, you know, the plane was like toy plane. And it kept hovering and then turning around and going back. And I am always seem to be the only one around when these things are happening. Isn't that the way of it? Me and the barking dog <laughs> were the only ones around. So, on the night of August 21st, 1955, in the area of Hopkinsville, Kentucky, there were at least 11 to 12 people of all different ages that saw these strange creatures. And they claimed that they had been holding them off for hours, but the creatures, like I said, were coming up to the house, continually peering in the house. It was on theory. Sitting there right now, and imagine something with yellow eyes and claws and ears looking into your windows. <gasps> While you're sitting here listening to this show right now. And it's never been explained. I, Miss X grew up in that state of creepy paranormal stuff where. The famous Air Force base is if you're into uh, UFO sightings and unexplained phenomena, you know what area I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. And I always, even as a child, felt creepy, paranormal. I experienced paranormal things. My people that I knew experienced them with me. People that I knew experienced the paranormal activity when, at the same time, I experienced it at the same locations that I experienced in that area. So it's creepy, paranormal stuff, and it's a strong sense. You just get a sense of it. And after a while, it becomes so familiar, this sense. You know, I get your lights turned off, even in the dark, because it becomes so familiar that you almost get used to it. So, Mr. Sutton was in the farmhouse along with all the other people when this event occurred that night, apparently. There had been a meteor scene. There was a meteor sighting. I told you last week that I think that the meteor sighting is definitely, remember, remember what I said, solve the mysteries on my house radio. All the other shows just speculate. They just speck and speculate. I solve the mystery of all these strange events. Yes, the media was connected to this sighting. Because these creatures that were seen in the farmhouse in Kentucky were apparently floating. They were leaving a glow when they were shot because the farm, the farmer, at least several of the farmers, I believe, at the location in the farmhouse, started shooting at these things, trying to see if they were still around and what was going on because they wouldn't leave the property. They probably didn't have a phone, I'm presuming. I'm presuming they didn't have a phone 
It was a rural area. And when they shot at these creatures, the creatures would go on off. They would do a somersault. This is the tale that was told. They would do a somersault. They would land on all fours, scurry away, leaving this glow behind them. A glow. A glow. Oh, isn't this show scary? Isn't this one of those scary shows where every noise now that's made, you're going to feel all scared. It's going to be magnified and maybe even scarier. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I got a lot of noises that makes me scared. The pattern that the, that the, the spaceship, or whatever it was that brought these creatures, the pattern it moved in, according to the witnesses, was like a horseshoe. It was like the shape of a horseshoe. It's just unusual. I have to say, I have never heard of a, whatever you want to call it, a spaceship moving in a horseshoe shape, but this one did. There was some point to that pattern. There was some point to all of this. Observation, probably, probably observation on the part of these creatures. The aircraft or the spaceship that they saw appeared to be black with a various color trail. So in other words, as the chemicals that come out of it were multicolored. So it was a multicolored trail. Something else unusual, maybe not to you, but to me it is. I don't usually hear about them being a multicolored trail. I hear about a blue trail or whatever, you know, coming out of the back, but nothing. This description of the being became the traditional green alien long-limbed description or, or form that most of you that are into the UFO topic um, now associate with aliens. And this all originated, apparently, this form of green creatures with the long limbs and, the, in this case, pointy ears and yellow eyes, originated in this 1955 fighting in Kentucky. So, what do we do with all this? Well, it seems to this act that the people that witnessed this event, who took off, by the way, after they reported what went on, they appeared to be so frightened when they reported it that made their story very credible because they showed up with physical signs of being frightened. And remember, there was no drinking going on in the house that night. If there was no drinking going on and there was no psychotic problems, why were all these people of various ages so afraid? What were they afraid of? And why would they make this up to begin with? Why would you even make up a story like this? of seeing these green, weird, alien things. Why? For fame? <laughs> well, again, think again. Think again on that one, because if they wanted fame, they would have been inviting people over there. And it was actually quite the opposite. After the sighting, a lot of the people, like I told you, they took off literally either in the middle of the night or the next day. Because after they reported these creatures and people came out to investigate, what's going on out here? Why can't we find any 
you know, any footprints or whatever weird things. No, what? Where's the glow? Where is it? 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 Stuff. You can prove that there's aliens on here. There's some weird things that you're seeing. You know, people were saying it was owls. They were speculating, trying to figure it out. But this is what humans do, as I've told you many times before. I had to try to explain things by natural means because they can't handle the supernatural. They, you know, the possibility that it could be supernatural. So I'm out here right now, and I'm looking up again at a dark blue sky and white clouds freezing cold, and imagining that, because this event took place only a few hundred miles from where I am now, you know, several hundred miles, this event in Kentucky in 1965. And you're imagining that, oh, you're not in an old wooden shack. You think you got rid of these creatures. They, they had seemingly disappeared. Then around 2.33 a.m., they come back. They come back again. They're laying there. See one of them looking in your window. Oh, well. The people in the farmhouse took off. They did not want publicity. They did not want people coming on the property. One of the women would constantly tell people not to come on the property, which leads Miss X to believe. Yeah, it leads me, your host, to believe that they had been warned somehow or they were obviously afraid. They did not want the people coming there. So they take off the next day out of fear because the creatures returned at 3 a.m. Wouldn't you have liked to be the military person coming over there that was dispatched, or some of the military were dispatched? So they saw a light streaking to the house. Other people now, not the people that were in the farmhouse, the other people that came out to assist claimed to see lights streaking to the house and dismissed it as a meteor. The next day, you could see holes from the shots around the property where they were trying to get rid of the creatures. WHOP Radio. Oh, I hope you're listening, WHOP Radio, if you're still around, because I would love to have you come on this show and give us more details about the Hopkinsville tale, because dub- that radio station apparently apparently was covering the story back then in the 60s. They showed great fear at the event, the people that had been in the, in the farmhouse, obviously. And this is where we get, apparently, this is where the little green men phrase originated. This is where it originated. This is also in the story in Kentucky of 1955, this is where you get the origination of the farmer in the South seeing strange things on his property. And Miss X is here to tell you, listen up now, listen up to what I have to say. That needs to stop. I'm saying that tonight on this show, right here on Night Owls Radio, no more making fun of people in the South who are farmers or who are poor or poorer than you. And you're making fun of them for seeing strange things. Now, what? And there is a festival you can go to, and I have it up on Facebook Radio Miss X. Yep, there's a little Green Man Fest. You can go to it. It's in August. It's at the location in Kentucky. We got a lot of interesting people showing up on Facebook Radio Miss X. Thank you very much. That's the Night Owls Radio page. Facebook Radio Miss X. 
or you can just do F book and enter the search Night Owls Radio and please like the page. Please do, because then you'll be up to date on all this and you'll have all the pictures that I put up there. On to story number two quickly, because I did want our guest from the UK to call in. Again, she was not able to call in apparently live tonight because she is the one, I believe she's in Ireland and she's in the Belfast area, and she is the one that told moi, your beautiful exec, about <laughs> our next story. So I got to play some Irish music. Yes, I do. Before we get into this story, here's a little bit of Derek's wedding. Irish music, keeping the St. Patrick's Day vibe alive. As we get into our next story. Ireland. In the 1700s and the late 1600s, a man named James Haddock lived. He was apparently a farmer. And his disembodied hand apparently appears in a courtroom. That's right. This man trembled one night, and this would have been probably uh, several years after Mr. Haddock had passed away when he saw his friend, Mr. Haddock, on a road over there in the Belfast, Ireland area. Ireland, you know my accent, Ireland voice, but on my, first of all, my Irish accent, maybe next week, over there in Belfast. A man trembled his beard, has a white feet and hands, and in a white coat, came right up to him, right up to him on the road, and that's really, really scary. This is just scary. You can never make out what the low voice is saying either. That always goes on when you see these weird apparitions. It's like, you know, I hear a low voice, and that's what happened here. So he is James Haddock, the famous ghost of Belfast, who supposedly appeared after death over a dispute of his will. Shied. What a great word. This was in character. I'm not going to say it. I promise I will. I'll try. I will try to refrain from singing in Carrick Fergus. Because it was in Carrick Fergus where his disembodied hand rose in the court and yelled, Is that enough for you to see on here? That happened after someone sarcastically called out during the court case. He called out the deceased in name. And the deceased, Mr. Haddock, apparently responded by yelling, Is that enough for you to see on here? As his, Is that enough for you to see on here? You know, the Irish accent, the Irish accent, as his disembodied hand appeared. Now remember, he had already appeared before that, supposedly in a coat of white to his friend, sneaking up on you. You know, that's what they do, sneak up on you, that's scary. Many in Catholicism admit the strangeness and the unexplained and the supernatural nature of things. They, they're, you know, 
Many in my experience, not only in these stories, but in my personal experience, have always admitted the strangeness and the real nature of things. So, even when I was at a slumber party when I was little, there was a girl there trying to float. And that's another ancient myth. So, why would they ask humans to go and when they could do it themselves? That's what I don't understand. Why would a spirit, these spirits always seem to ask a human to intervene for them, like they need a go-between. So they will ask, here, the famous ghost of Belfast, Ireland, apparently asking this friend of his to go and tell his wife, you know, who is now his widow, about the will. So they've already spoken to the friend. Why can't you speak to the wife or the widow? So they're in the court. They're all sarcastically, one man at least is sarcastically, making fun of the fact that this man has said that his friend appeared to him and was a ghost of his spirit. Seriously, what happened then? Oh, that? What happened then? A thunderclap was heard. Yes. A loud thunderclap was heard in response to the sarcastic calling out of the deceased name. And that is when the disembodied man appeared and responded. Got enough for you? In other words, is his hand enough to show you that I'm here? Yeah, yeah. To this day, the tombstone, as it said, let's stay upright. The tombstone of the deceased in the story of Belfast, Ireland, will not stand up. The correct way up will not stand up. Oh, that was scary. My voice came over. A blog talk radio woman's voice comes over to tell me the show's almost over. And it came over really loudly, just as I said. Really, really, really. So, are you sufficiently spooked now, you little spooks, about Tombstone and Belfast Island that won't stay upright, and the green goblin of Hopkinsville? Well, good for you. Until next time, you know what I always tell you. In the words of She Beast, I'll be back. I'll be back, and until then, uh, happy, 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 here on the East Coast live. I'm taking you out with a song Light Years Away. And thank you for listening. Light Years Away. I'm going to put up some horror movies for you too at Facebook Radio Miss X for your Midnight Monster Movie Weekend. Miss X. Oh, can I show? Pickle, 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 pickle